Welcome to My Weekly Mixtape, a podcast that takes the classic mixtape approach to building a modern playlist. I'm your host, Brian Colburn. Joining me for tonight's collaboration is my good friend and co-host of the Tune Styles podcast, a show we produced from 2018 through 2021. Please welcome the man with the board shorts tan, the one and only Jay Sweet. Jay, thank you so much for being on, man. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. And and here I was thinking that we were going to escape the entire episode without a board shorts reference. <laughs> I've burned the board shorts. They're, they're burned. Well, it's been a long time since we've done a podcast together. I'm so excited to finally talk tunes with you again. Let's start with the question I start every show with because everybody has a different answer to this one. Jay, what does the word mixtape mean to you? It means road trip. When I was in college, my friends and I, we, we would get into the car. I got myself a set of wheels and we would put these mixtapes. I would put these mixtapes together to handle these long road trips. Now, I was up and down the eastern seaboard. My mom lived in Tampa at the time, so we'd go visit her, or we'd stop in New York City all the time. And I've been out west, went to uh, as far as Sandusky, Ohio, which uh, were the roller coaster farm out there. Mm -hmm. And um, you get bored. In, in listening to the radio was wonderful, discovering new new stations and new markets. But it's a pain in the butt to do the tuning thing every, uh, every when you cross state lines or get out of range of the city and. So we, we, I put these mixtapes together and you, you know, the old meme, get in losers. We're, uh, we're going to wherever we're, uh, we did that. I got in the car and, and drove down the neighborhood and, and arrive at my friend's house and be like, let's go. We're going to New York this weekend or we're going to Washington or, you know, wherever we would, where the road would take us. So I, I, I put together a whole volume. <laughs> well, I called it the ultimate driving experience. And, uh, there were, I think there were eight or 10 various mixtapes in that. Awesome. Well, tonight, Jay and I will be curating a mixtape of 2000s punk rock. So a little outside of the mixtape years, this would probably be mixed CDs at this point. But we're talking about anything released between 2000 and 2010. And we're going to use the categories of punk rock, emo punk, ska punk, or pop punk, because the words punk rock went in countless directions during the 2000s so we're kind of using the all-encompassing punk rock while a few bands might immediately come to listeners minds there are a ton of lesser known bands from this decade that i'm actually really excited to hopefully bring to the table tonight because during 2002 to 2006 i played in a punk band and this era of music really connects with me because I got to see a ton of great punk bands live through that band. And I also, in some few cases, got to share bills with some of these amazing bands. So these songs really are a snapshot of a time and place in my life that I, I truly loved. My wife and I were still dating at this point. We were still in our younger 20s and kind of enjoying life. And these songs are kind of the soundtrack to that. So I've got a list that's full of endless possibilities and directions and i'm really excited to talk about it jay i know you were a, a couple of years older than me maybe like 20 or 30. what were you <laughs> what were you looking for the songs that you brought to the table this evening well I, i'll be perfectly honest with you and not brown nosing at all but these songs most of the songs that are on this list remind me of you <laughs> These were songs that that came out and that I listened to when I met you. That and, uh, yeah. and some of them I'm going to actually give you credit for turning me on to. I would not have heard them if you and I had not worked together in New York back in the early 2000s. So I'm looking forward to, to kind of reliving those memories and seeing your uh, your punk band a couple of times. And actually, uh, just you know, fresh off of recently, uh, saw Bowling for Soup and Less Than Jake with Cliff Diver and Dollskin, which nice. was right here in Atlanta, a fantastic show. And I was thinking maybe of throwing some Dollskin on here and maybe some Cliff Diver as well, because those would work as a bit more heavier than pop punk. But most of the things, like I said, they remind me of the time that I moved to New York. And you and I have spoken several times on Tune Styles where I use music to connect myself to memories uh, of times in my life. 
And that was this period of one of the greatest periods of my life was finally breaking free of Syracuse. Um, not, not that I was imprisoned there or anything, but just, uh, you know, <laughs> you, when you work in a market 80 versus all of a sudden getting the call up to go to work at market one when you're in radio, that was the pinnacle. That was the dream. So these, uh, again, these songs are right around the hot songs around that time and that they have really, really strong memories tied to them. Awesome. Well, let's get down to business then. Tonight, as I mentioned earlier, Jay and I will be curating a 2000s punk rock mixtape, and we are going to use the old cassette deck approach, meaning our tape will be broken up into two sides, side A and side B. Jay, as the special guest, will begin side A with his first song choice, and then I'll add a song that I feel best follows up his choice. We'll then flip-flop choosing songs until we've mapped out 10 songs for side A. We'll then give our mixtape a proverbial flip, and we'll map out side B, only this time I'll kick the side off with Jay choosing second. Our overall goal for this episode is to craft the best 2000s punk rock mixtape possible through only 20 songs. At the end of the show, you could take our conversation to the next level by visiting the 2000s punk rock page at myweeklymixtape.com and give our final mixtape a listen via the embedded playlist. Finally, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please consider becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. And I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome our newest Patreon mixtaper, the Too Vague Podcast. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Jay, now before I turn it over to you to reveal your track one, some of the fellow mixtapers who follow me at My Weekly Mixtape on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok have chimed in with their ideal opening track for a 2000s punk rock mixtape. And I wanted to share a few of them now just so we can have some food for thought going into this. Patreon mixtaper Cactus Pete chimed in with Yellow Cards Ocean Avenue. And then across social media, Josh Zimmer chimed in with either Green Day's Jesus of Suburbia or Coheed and Cambria's A Favor House Atlantic. Courtney chimed in with No Effects' Linoleum, which did come out in the 90s, but No Effects was still massive during the resurgence of pop punk during the 2000s, so I'll totally allow that one. K. Hutch chimed in with 28 Days Rip It Up, getting an Aussie band into the conversation. I like that. Ryan at the Soundtrack Your Life podcast chimed in with the Gaslight Anthems, The 59 Sound. The Music Rewind podcast chimed in with Good Charlotte's The Motivation Proclamation. Derek Caravu chimed in with Against Me's Osama Bin Laden as the Crucified Christ. Prahi and Matt Natham chimed in with Some 41's Fat Lip. Rob Ebert chimed in with Fallout Boy's Grand Theft Autumn. Coley Green chimed in with Green Day's St. Jimmy or Some 41's Jessica Kill. And Amanda Walsh chimed in with Bowling for Soup's Punk Rock 101. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Now, Jay Sweet, with those picks out in the universe, 
I'm officially pressing the record button on our mixtape, and the floor is yours. Why don't you dive into what song you chose to kick off side A? Well, I got to say, um, you want to start a mixtape like this real strong. You want to be able to hit the proverbial listener in the face in terms of true punk <laughs> revolution. And there were a couple of uh, real strong contenders for the number one spot. But what I decided uh, ultimately where I settled on was welcome to 2001's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, Blink-182's The Rock Show. Nice. So the reason that that, I think, leads off a great mixtape is because it's powerful. It's fast. You know what you're getting into right from the rip. It sets the tone. It, of course, welcomes you to The Rock Show. How can you go wrong with an album named Take Off Your Pants and Jacket? That is probably <laughs> one of the best albums to this day, the best album titles. I mean, everything about Blink-182 is they're back out. They're churning out new music. And uh, Tom DeLonge is back with them, which is fantastic. In fact, they're coming right through Atlanta this year. And my oldest daughter wants to kind of go see them. And they're also playing the When We Were Young Festival for $50 more. So I think we may actually, I may sneak her out to Las Vegas this year and uh, we may check out that festival. But back to why, why The Rock Show is a, uh, is a fantastic opener for a mixtape is, like I said, they hit you right in the face with, uh, with what you're going to get from this mixtape. Absolutely. I could not agree more. You scooped me on Blink-182 because obviously you can't have a 2000s pop punk mixtape without mentioning this band. Although I did not have the rock show, I had Anthem Part 2, which was the opening track on Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Both songs are kind of interchangeable for me. I, those are my two favorite songs from the album. So I'm perfectly happy with the rock show. Obviously, you've got Travis Barker's drums that are just driving you through that. He is one of the best punk rock drummers. And I'll even go as far as to say one of the best rock drummers on the planet. Some of the stuff he does just blows my mind. It almost sounds like he's doing some like Neil Peart prog drumming in punk music and it works and it's just so effortless. I love the song, but now following that up, I want to keep that energy because you obviously kicked this thing off at a hundred miles an hour and I want to stay at a hundred miles an hour, but I don't necessarily want to go with a band where everybody's going to go. I know that group and I don't want to go too deep either but I'm going to use my Jersey roots for this one. And I'm going to plug in a band that I feel follows up Blink-182 perfectly and especially the manic energy of this song. Going to the rock show is about being with your friends and having a good time and falling in love at a rock show. So thematically, I'm also going to be on the same wavelength, only it's going to be a song about getting together a night out with the boys guys night out. The ladies are out doing their thing and the guys are going out separately. And I'm going to go off of 2001's how I spent my summer vacation. And I'm going to go with the bouncing souls manthem. It's a shout out sing along song, the whole chorus. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, He's my friend, he's my alibi, my accessory to the crime, a bond that will never die until the end of time. It sounds like it could be a really sappy ballad between two friends, but it's done at a million miles an hour with everybody screaming the chorus. Coming out of the rock show, it keeps that energy up and it keeps the punk vibe going. So my track two following you up is the Bouncing Souls Mantham. Bouncing Souls are probably one of the most perfectly named pop punk bands that are out there. Yeah, bro punk would be <laughs> an apt uh, description of that Mantham song. It's perfect for uh, a follow-up to, to Blink. And now you have the easy task of where we go from here, which I'm sure is simple because you probably, knowing you, you brought what, like maybe six or seven songs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I was up all night uh, curating a, uh, a list of, of songs here. You and I are, are going to have some fun tonight. I, I know that for sure. So I could go a couple of different ways here, but I think we're going to introduce, uh, I, I know you like to drop the zingers of, of the girl power, 
later on in, in your mixtapes, I've noticed uh, through the show. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here. I'm going to 2007 with the best damn thing and throwing in some Avril Lavigne with Girlfriend. Ooh, wow. Avril Lavigne gets kind of a, uh, a rough rap because, you know, she was very bouncy pop, more leaning into the pop side of the pop punk. But I got to tell you, you listen to Skater Boy, and I, my cover band did Skater Boy, and we always had the crowd on the floor. But when you do, when you listen to Avril Lavigne's girlfriend, that song screams at you that it's, you know, you've got your bros, you got your manthem. Well, I don't like your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll be honest. I didn't even think Avril Lavigne, but in the pop punk realm, it actually works because in modern pop punk, Yes, I'm going to say the name, but I will also say it did not make the playlist tonight, nor will it. But Machine Gun Kelly's recent tour, he's out doing the pop punk thing right now. And he brought mm-hmm. out Avril Lavigne, which was in his mind kind of a throwback to the early 2000s pop punk sound, which I have a hard time wrapping my mind around because we're talking about songs that are two decades old now. But in my mind, two decades ago was 1983, not 2003. I can't wrap my mind around that. Some of these songs are over 20 years old or 20, coming up on 25 years old. And it's just, it's crazy to me. It makes no sense. But here we are and we just have to deal with it. But coming out of Avril Lavigne, I want to keep the girl power going just a little bit more because I feel like I know the song that could bounce off of that perfectly and lean us a little bit out of the pop side of punk and a little heavier, but still keeping in that pop punk realm. And I'm going to stay with 2007, and I'm going to go with Paramore's Misery Business from the Riot album. This song is absolutely amazing. I love Haley Williams' voice. They obviously did a little bit more emo stuff when you think about songs like Hallelujah and Decode and some of the other songs they've done, but Misery Business is one of those songs that is firmly cemented in that pop punk 2000 sound. It's got a little bit of an emo vibe to it, and I get that there was a little bit of controversy over the last few years about the lyrics. I'm glad that she's back to singing it the way it was because it's a snapshot in time. And what is offensive in 2023 was not offensive in 2007. And People are going to change what they are and aren't offended by. And I don't feel like an artist should have to apologize for something that they did almost 15, 20 years earlier in a time when the rules were different. So that's my big soapbox speech about it. But before all that, the song friggin' rocks. And there's a reason why, and I don't like mentioning this man twice in this episode, but Machine Gun Kelly covered Misery Business, which is opening Paramore up to a younger generation who might not have known them in 2007. And yes, Paramore is coming out with new music this year, but it's definitely leaning a lot more pop than what they were doing back on the days of Riot. And to me, Riot is a top 10 2000s pop punk album. So following up your Avril Lavigne, I'm going to go with Paramore Misery Business. That's fantastic. I had uh, You scooped me on Paramore. I, I did have Misery Business on my list. Or I could have gone with that's what you get off the same album. Mm-hmm. When Paramore came out, now, you know, working in radio for as long as we have, all music is cyclical. And I, I know in the last episode, you were talking a lot about how Top 40 Radio from your 1993 episode with Ed, you were talking about how music in Top 40 Radio was very uh, all over the place in 90, 1993. And, and the genre changes frequently. Right around 2007 was when my third daughter was born. And Paramore hit radio, and I was at that point we were. I was not thrilled with the way that Top Forty Radio was was heading. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. a very big fan of of a lot of that era Top Forty stuff, but Paramore hit, and I say that purposefully. Helly Williams has an amazingly powerful voice, and she mm-hmm. conveys a lot of great emotion through uh, through Misery Business. I, I just I can't. Yeah. All right. So some controversy there. And but that really speaks to the punk side of things. What what is and again, that rock music in general as a protest is consistently controversial. I think that's what made 
Riot such a hot album at the time was the fact that, you know, she's uh, she's pushing the edge a little bit. Definitely, definitely. And now we are throwing it back to you for track five. Wow. All right. So how do I follow misery business and still keep our flow going here? Um, hmm. You know what? I'm going to slow it down just a little bit and go back to 2000, right at the front end of our volume here. I'm going to uh, an album called Stomping Ground by a band called Goldfinger. It was a ska band who uh, reached some prominence with Here in Your Bedroom in uh, the early, uh, mid-90s. And they released uh, a cover song, uh, Nina's 99 Red Balloons. Love that cover. Absolutely love that cover. Featured on one of my favorite movies of the time, not another teen movie with a very young Ryan Reynolds, uh, Molly Ringwald, Tyler Lee. Fantastic, a funny spoof of every uh, movie of that American Pie meets Can't Hardly Wait. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. when we moved to New York, you remember Charles, right, Chaz? Of yep. course, and he, yeah. he came up, we, we had a couple of friends visit us and after like 20 minutes of, of walking the streets of New York, we had just heard the complaints of, oh, my feet are killing me. So, of course, Charles, being as witty as he is, came around around with can't hardly walk. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, getting back on topic, that soundtrack for Not Another Team movie uh, just is spectacular uh, with some really, really high pop punk covers of, of some great songs. And Goldfinger's 99 Red Balloons just really stuck out. Well, you scooped me on Goldfinger and you scooped me on Stomping Ground, but I had counting the days from that album because I do have some punk covers sprinkled in my list, but I love the cover of 99 Red Balloons that they do. It's also in the movie Euro Trip, and they play the German verse as they're going through Germany. They play it in that movie as well. I love Goldfinger. There's no reason why they shouldn't be on this list. They are one of those bands that just screams 90s 2000s pop punk and i love the pick so what i'm gonna do is follow up your goldfinger pick because i mentioned the movie euro trip i'm gonna stay with the movie euro trip and go with a band who would be considered a one-hit wonder and believe it or not are actually a real band the band is called lustra and i'm gonna go off the euro trip soundtrack with the song, Scotty Doesn't Know. And no, Matt Damon does not sing for the band. He lip-synced the song in the movie. But let me tell you, I've played this song with cover bands before. Even though the movie wasn't a massive hit in theaters, this song has taken on levels of a cult following because of the DVD rentals of this movie and it's just such a fun pop punk song it's totally inappropriate totally hysterical and coming out of goldfinger i feel like we keep that energy up and that little movie tie in there so from 2004's euro trip soundtrack i'm going with lustra scotty doesn't know that is a fantastic pick and i thought about putting it on my list as well but and, and then i thought all right maybe that's a little too uh dr demento of me but as a one off. Oh, it is, but I don't care. <laughs> but I got to tell you, that has to be one of the greatest moments in cinematic history for me. And also, I mean, <laughs> you, you say that Eurotrip wasn't such a huge hit, but it did make Michelle Trachtenberg really a household name at the time. Who, yeah, by the yeah. way, uh, Love Her made her right up there with, with the Jennifer Love Hewitt and, and just the, the beautiful people of the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. So now I've kind of given you a clean slate to bounce off of that one with because you could really go anywhere from the dr demento land if you will <laughs> you totally can uh all right so we're we're about midway uh, a little about three quarters of the way through our first side here and um we've got some great mix going on i think what i want to do now is is bring the tone down uh, back to speaking of reminiscing i'm going to go back to 2001 and an album called bleed american with a, a fantastic group called jimmy eat world and use the authority song. All right, so we're going into a little bit of the emo punk sound now. I really like that. I had Jimmy Eat World on my list, but I went a little later in their catalog. I had Big Casino from 2007's Chase This Light, but honestly, any era, Jimmy Eat World is one of the biggest 
emo punk bands from that decade. So I see no reason why any song. I'm actually, I'll be honest, Jay, I'm surprised you didn't go with the middle coming out of Scotty Doesn't Know. So I do like the little bit of a deeper pick with the Authority song there. Well, I did have the middle uh, as an alternate, and I could have gone with the obvious, the middle. I think that was their probably their biggest smash radio hit, which was one of the great, it's so much fun to play that song because I, I had a band that played that song as well. And that is a fun song to play uh, lead guitar on. But I, I went with the Authority song because one, it's a, a little bit of a deeper cut. Their newer stuff is still so good. Oh, yeah. If you don't keep up with them because you think they peaked at, quote, unquote, the middle, uh, you really should check out their newer stuff. They're a train. They just keep going and they churn out just these great anthemic pop punk rock songs. And the Authority song is one of those that kind of takes you back. Again, it really speaks to how I view music. It directly tells the story of what, what a song will do to you. It'll take you right back in time. And put you right back into the way you feel, the way you smelled, the way the the that you saw the sights you saw, that the sounds you heard, everything that was going on at that time. And I really couldn't have picked a better song to encapsulate that. Yeah, and following that up is tough because I feel like we've got this energy level going through this side A here. And I don't want to mess with it too much, but I do want to lean into the emo side of pop punk a little bit here. And I think I know what I'm going to do. It's going to keep the energy up, but it's going to be a little more on the emo spectrum. And I'm going to go back to 2003 off the album Ocean Avenue. And I'm going to go with the title track Yellow Cards Ocean Avenue. I want to give a shout out to Patreon mixtaper Cactus Pete who chimed in with this one. I absolutely love this track. I know Yellow Card might be considered kind of a deeper cut here because they had kind of their moment in time, but I feel like they're a band that consistently puts out good music a little bit under the radar. They're not a household name like the Blink-182s and the Green Days, and it's a shame because they're extremely, extremely talented, and as a musician, Colburn and Company, Jay, as you have played Colburn and Company shows in the past, uh, you know we have a violin player in the band, Rebecca, an absolutely amazing violin player. I love the fact that Yellow Card takes violin and incorporates it into a punk rock sound and makes it work because on paper, it doesn't sound like it would work, but you listen to the violin in Ocean Avenue and it really elevates that song to a new level. So a little bit more emo, but still staying with that energy. I'm going with Yellow Card, Ocean Avenue. I love the pick. I had that as well. So you scooped me on, on both the song and the artist that album Again, you get Ocean Avenue as the smash radio hit, but Yellow Card is, again, another one of those groups that consistently churns out. Like, you know exactly, kind of like an ACDC, you know exactly what you're getting when you hear the opening of a Yellow Card song. You know that that is going to be a consistently solid album. Yeah, they're not putting out any dubstep albums. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, let's let's put that out there. Yes. <laughs> when I do a dubstep episode of my weekly mixtape, Yellow Card probably won't make the cut. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe Yellow Card's <laughs> listening. If they do a dubstep album, look, I'll consider it for sure, but I don't know about Yellow Card's dubstep turn, so we'll have to see how that goes. But Jay, you've got one song left for side A. Where do you go from okay. Yellow Card? That is a fantastic question. So if if I could find you now. I'd last forever. Um, let's think. I think I'm going to push up to 2002. I'm going to go back in time a little bit before Yellow Card. The album Sticks and Stones, Newfound Glory, My Friends Over You. And here's another great anthem of love lost and how miserable the loss of a, uh, a long-term relationship can make you. If you remember when I had essentially fled to New York in in the early 2000s, I had gotten over a long-term relationship or I was looking to get over a long-term relationship that had ended pretty badly. And uh, this song specifically spoke to me very loudly at the time. And I could completely see why. I think that's a fantastic pick. You scooped me on the band. 
I actually had from 2000's self-titled Newfound Glory album, Hit or Miss, and I know immediately as soon as I say those three words, fans of the band are going to start screaming because, yes, the song came out originally on 1999's Nothing Gold Can Stay, but I was actually choosing the 2000 re-recording that they did when they were on drive Through Records for the self-titled album. So I had a little bit of a gray area asterisk over there, but it doesn't matter because it didn't make the tape because you went to 2002's My Friends Over You. I love that second album from that, or technically third album from them. I love the song Understatement as well. This group has been consistently putting out fantastic pop punk stuff they have a series of cover song albums that all focus on movie soundtracks they do covers of anna kendrick's cups from the pitch perfect movies the power of love that's right i mean they're a fun band but their original stuff is fantastic too so i highly suggest if you stopped listening to them at any point remedy that and Pick up some of their newer albums because they still keep the same style, the same energy. They're actually putting out an acoustic album this year in 2023, which is pretty exciting as well. So Newfound Glory is great. But, you know, this to finish up aside, this is tough for me, but I think I know where I'm going to. You want something big to finish up aside. And the last time I saw Newfound Glory live they were opening for another band. And I think because we started with Blink-182, I feel like we need to kind of end with that same massive group. And I don't think you can get any more massive in 2000s punk rock, in 90s punk rock, in 2010s punk rock, than Green Day. So I'm going to go to 2004's American Idiot, and I am going to close our side with the epic Jesus of Suburbia. We talked about it at the top of the episode because Josh Zimmer chimed in with that one, and I know Coley Green chimed in with St. Jimmy also off of the American Idiot album. American Idiot is one of the biggest albums of the last 20 years. It was made into a Broadway play. Jesus of Suburbia was the band's most ambitious song to date, and the first time I heard it, as I was listening to the CD, I'm saying, wow, are we on like track seven already? And I look down and I'm like, we're only on track two. This is a, a suite of songs and it absolutely works. It doesn't feel like it's over nine minutes long because it's just done so well. And I feel like closing out aside, because punk songs are relatively short, this brings us a little bit closer if we were to be timing this out to the end of a side on an actual cassette tape. So I am closing out side A with... Green Day's Jesus of Suburbia. Well, you got me on the album. You got me with the band. And uh, I was going to go with American Idiot. And for all of the reasons that you mentioned, this is probably my wife's favorite Green Day album. And if there is the perfect summation of pop and punk, they did. They built a an entire Broadway show around it. And it totally plays like a concept album, almost like a uh, not to not to compare apples and oranges, but almost like Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice's Jesus Christ Superstar, which started off as a concept yeah. album, not not necessarily a show. And it became this beautiful like this show that that now Ted Neely does just at 176 years old. He's still going. But, but you know. <laughs> Billy Joe, his voice is is fantastic. They popped onto the scene in the mid early mid nineties, and they you know they showed up out of California, picking up where we had not heard uh, punk rock in a while, um, you know, and 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 they kind of took it up to a new level. And then as the band progressed, I, I believe they just really found the groove and they really found the way to toe that line to the mainstream and keep their roots firmly in the punk world. And I'll go as far as to say, and I know some punk purists will be upset with this, but I think in terms of overall popularity and mainstream appeal, I would, I don't know, safely say, but I'll say with a little trepidation that Green Day could be one of the largest punk bands, if not the largest punk band in the history of the genre. I get it. The Ramones, the Sex Pistols, for me, the Descendants, the Misfits. I get it. 
but Green Day is a stadium band that took punk rock from the clubs to stadiums. The Misfits do sell out arenas, but do they sell out a stadium? I don't know. And consistently, I, like your I do. It's 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 a tough one because I know punk purists don't see Green Day as punk; they see them as pop punk. And I understand there's that gray area with subgenres, but I have a hard time thinking of a band that would be bigger. Even Blink One Eighty Two, which is from that same era, I still think if they were touring together, Green Day takes top billing. I I'm sorry, even with Tom back. Absolutely. And if you, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier with the when we were young festival, they are the headliner. Green Day is the headliner, even though Blink-182 is back on tour with Tom. It speaks very loudly to the, the popularity and the, the pull power that Green Day has. You're absolutely right. That argument holds a lot of water. Well, that mixtapers concludes side A of our 2000s punk rock mixtape, which consists of Blink-182's The Rock Show, Bouncing Souls' Mantham, Avril Lavigne's Girlfriend, Paramore's Misery Business, Goldfinger's 99 Red Balloons, Lustra's Scotty Doesn't Know, Jimmy Eat World's The Authority Song, Yellow Card's Ocean Avenue, Newfound Glories, My Friends Over You, and Green Day's Jesus of Suburbia. You could head to myweeklymixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Now, Jay, you had said earlier you're down in Atlanta. You're working sports now. You're still in the industry. So I guess my question for you is being Mr. Sports Guy now, What's your halftime report for how our mixtape is coming along thus far? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Brian, the mixtape is <laughs> sounding really good. It's, you come out of the gate, you boom, you hit them right, hit them right in the hocks. You got them right <laughs> on the ground and you're rolling around and you're wrestling like two little Ro- Greco-Roman wrestlers. It's kind of crazy. Oh, how am I supposed to follow that up? All right. <laughs> well, with that... <laughs> With that, Mixtapers, we are diving right into side two, and I kick things off here. And coming out of something on side one, that is Jesus of Suburbia, I felt like that kind of cleansed the palate, because that song is weaving you in and out of all these different sounds. So with that palate cleanser, I think I know the perfect song to start off side two, and it's going to start off on a quiet note. But then pick it up a notch. And this is one of the biggest emo albums of the 2000s. I'm going to go to 2006's The Black Parade. And I'm going to go with My Chemical Romance, Welcome to the Black Parade to start side B. I know this gives you a new slate, a new direction to take the side wherever you want. I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm not the world's biggest My Chemical Romance fan. However, that album in my opinion, is their masterpiece. I absolutely love the fact that they were able to blend Queen, David Bowie, punk rock, and emo all into this sound that's so larger than life and such a concept, and it works so well. I might not be a defender of My Chemical Romance much outside of this album, but this song deserves every bit of praise that it gets it is such an amazing song again new jersey representing in this playlist like i said with the bouncing souls so we're starting off on a little bit of a light note in the beginning but once that song kicks in it is anything but light my chemical romance welcome to the black parade you scooped not only my band my album and my song but you scooped my entire line of praise for this specific song the vocals are and the harmonies are so good. Uh, when I first heard this song, I had deluded myself into um, that I was going to become a runner and and lose some weight and and well, we see how that worked out for me not very well. <laughs> uh, but I uh, I remember this song um, when I first heard it, uh, it hit my. I, I want to say it was Spotify. We had moved to Albany. Spotify might not have been around yet, but it was on my playlist, and it hit my playlist. And I remember feeling I I teared because, you know, at the point it was just so powerful and emotional. And, and at the time, like we had just moved out to Albany and I had, we had to carry my newborn uh, second daughter with me, uh, with us. And my, was just 
where were we going to live? It was all kind of crazy. And then I heard this song and it was just, it was perfect. It, it, it emotionally, it just kind of got me in it. it and it really went at the part where he's, you know, shouting at the world, like do or die. I'll never break this. The world's never going to break me. I'm not going to, you know, you're, you're, you can throw everything you want at me and I'm still going to, still going to prevail. And I think that that's what really, that made me a big fan of, of MCR. I also had teenagers on my list because that song is hilarious. Oh yeah. That song to me is queen personified in, in a, by a modern band. I really hear the queen vibe coming out in that song for sure. And I, you know, and again, my chemical romance is one of those bands. I liked it in, in, when they came out in, in 2006, my oldest daughter loves it. My now my second oldest daughter is a big fan and my middle daughter is a big fan as well. So it just transcends like time. They're still like 2023 and we're still talking about how Welcome to the Black Parade is is such a uh, huge album. It's a monster of an album. Yeah. And now that they're back touring it again, I mean, it, 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 they're going to be back into that conversation even bigger. And to be honest, I hope they do put out something new and I hope it kind of stays in that vein because I think. The Black Parade is is just one of those albums that if they could kind of recapture that magic in the bottle, you have a whole new generation that can have their minds blown by it like we're talking about now. But now, Jay, I've left you kind of a wide open slate here. You can go in endless directions. Where are you coming out of My Chemical Romance? Well, there's a couple of different things that I was thinking here that we could do. And I, I'm almost positive that this is the right step. I'm going to go 2004, The Naked Truth, with Sarah Hudson's Girl on the Verge. Now, Sarah Hudson is not a household name you would think of right away, but she is related to actress Kate Hudson and singer Kate Hudson, also going by Katy Perry. So, so you see, I had that family, uh, you know, the, the nepotism, if you will, uh, the family name to to kind of hang herself on. This song screams at you. It is girl power. It is the breakup song told from the the, the female perspective and dealing with life on a, on a regular basis. The band that I was in Phoenix Rising at the time that we were trying to get ourselves to play this song, and I, I just I, I don't think we could capture it very well. So I, I think we shelved the idea. But this song, when I first heard it, was uh, okay. This song screams at me literally, and I loved the raw power of it. That's an interesting pick, dude. I'll be honest. I did not have that on my list and I like it. I am just perplexed at where to go from there. I'm scrolling up and down this list saying, what can I do from that? Hmm. All right. I think I know what I'm going to do. Sarah Hudson. It has a little bit of that alternative kind of indie rock sound. So I kind of want to lean into that a little bit. And it takes you a little bit away from the punk sound, but when you blend punk and that alternative indie rock together, you do get this alternate sound of punk. And I'm going to go back to New Jersey again. And earlier in the episode, I gave a shout out to Ryan at the Soundtrack Your Life podcast. I'm going to do that again because I am going to go with 2008's The 59 Sound and I'm going to go with the Gaslight Anthem's The 59 Sound. The Gaslight Anthem is one of those bands that truly started off in the punk vein but then started bringing in this Springsteen-esque New Jersey vibe to the sound. And they're a band that in this area can easily play the PNC bank art center. I feel like they should be a lot bigger. Brian Fallon has done a lot of stuff on his solo end. he's done the horrible crows. He's done his solo albums and he leans a lot more singer songwritery. But when they come together, the 59 sound is this alternative indie punk vibe with a little bit of a Springsteen esque, damn near Americana storytelling aspect to the music. And I feel like coming out of Sarah Hudson, it still keeps that kind of serious indie vibe and kind of takes you back into the punk realm with a little bit of that indie flavor still throughout. So my track three is the Gaslight Anthem's The 59 Sound. What a spectacular pick. You know, Gaslight Anthem is such a uniquely 
you you said it perfectly. They're such a uniquely styled pop punk band that brings. I, I first of all, I, I got to pause there for a minute because we go to Jersey a lot here. Is there something in the water? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always talk about. You know, the West Coast, like when you think about third wave ska, you had the whole West Coast ska sound that came out with Real Big Fish and No Doubt and all the... New Jersey has a great breeding ground for punk music, even going all the way back to the Misfits, Lodi, New Jersey. I mean... That's right. You know, you have the Ramones, which is right over the bridge in New York. New York and New Jersey is a central hub of punk music, and there's a lot of great bands that came out of it. It just so happens I'm choosing them tonight. Because of the music, not necessarily the New Jersey aspect, but yeah, damn, good for New Jersey, right? Very good for New Jersey and and very good for the Gaslight Anthem, too, because, again, I, I think they took that punk sound, that pop punk, and they flavored it up and they made it their own. And I don't think you get a lot of bands, obviously, that do that. I, I would hope that every band aims to do that. But this is such a Gaslight Anthem is such a, a classification in and of themselves where that sound is that that's their style. It's uniquely theirs. I love it. How do I come out of that? That is wow. Okay. Let's take a look. Um, yeah, for, I'll tell you right now, Jay side a, we had this kind of vibe and energy that sprinkled throughout and side B has been just zigzagging so far. So I'm kind of curious. Are you going to put us on the straight and narrow here? Or are you just going to keep this weave thing going that we've got going here? Well, let's see. That is a great question. I think, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stay in New Jersey and I I don't think this band is from New Jersey, but this song specifically that I'm going to pick here is the song that I would never have, uh, it wouldn't have ever, ever been on my radar had it not been for one Brian Colbert. So, uh, moved (laughs) to New York city in 2001, uh, actually, uh, late 2000 met Brian at, at Westwood one and we became uh, workmates and, and friends and went to go see his band often, but we went to karaoke a lot too. And, uh, and on the way we would listen to these great songs. And this one particular song is not even, it's a bonus track. So we're going to go to 2001 with the album go and a band called H2O did a cover of Madonna's like a prayer. Yes. <laughs> I love it. That one is absolutely fantastic. What a great cover that was. What a unsuspected. Co- I, I, I'll i never forget the look on your face when that came on. You went, wait, whoa, 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 what is this? What is this happening right now? What are you putting on? And then when it kicked in, you were like, oh, dude, this is something. Oh, my God. I, I'll never forget your reaction to that one. Oh, yeah. And then they they take that quick like that. The music break. And then they kick it back in. It's a great. And and again, you wouldn't have immediately known it if you weren't listening to the entire album in the first place, because uh, like a prayer, the cover is a a hidden track attached to underneath the flames off of that album. And again, I went back and listened to that entire album and it's really solid. Oh, the whole album's great. I love the band. I'm so glad that they got brought up because they're again, a little bit of a deeper cut. But I absolutely love the pick, and obviously I love cover songs, so I got to give a huge thumbs up to that. But I'm going to stay deep now that you did that. We talked about the Gaslight Anthem and H2O. Gaslight Anthem once covered this song live that I'm going to pick. And it's a band that features Chuck Reagan and Chris Woolard, both on guitar and vocals, and the group is called Hot Water Music. And I'm going off the album Caution from 2002, and I'm going to go with Trusty Chords. It keeps in line with that Gaslight Anthem style, but it's a little heavier, a little bit more growly punk. And Hot Water Music is one of those bands that every album they come out with, I absolutely love it. And I always wonder how in the hell they are not a household name. They are so consistently awesome. Every single album, including their newest one that they just put out. One of my favorite albums of 2022. This band should be in everybody's ears. And I'm hoping through the mixtapers listening tonight, you're maybe learning about hot water music for the first time, or if not, you're remembering them and going back and starting to listen to them. So 
Track five, Hot Water Music, Trusty Chords. That's fantastic. Again, that's a, a, not a leaning away from the poppier side of the pop punk era, but you've got a, a, that, that real heavy, it is, it's almost that guttural growling kind of, of hard edge of pop punk. And I really love that pick. Again, that's going to make it make it really interesting to come out of. Do I let you know what? I'm going to I'm going to throw a curveball in here. That's what I'm going to do. Let's go to 2004. Uh-oh. Let's go to 2004, Brian. You remember a, a, a young lady, uh, a little show called American Idol and a young lady named Kelly Clarkson. Oh, I certainly do. Well, she released a song called Since You've Been Gone in 2004 off the album Breakaway. And that, I think, is a great uh, way to, to kind of flip this album on its ear a little bit. I'll tell you right now, Jay, people are going to be screaming that you put Kelly Clarkson in punk. I'm just putting it out in the universe, but this song does have that pop punk sound. So I am not going to argue it, but you might get some hate mail. Just just throwing it out there. Just with all due respect. That's fine. I mean, I welcome <laughs> it because I, 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 it's funny. I was scrolling through TikTok the other day and um, I don't even know what the hell a TikTok is, but uh, there was a content creator, I guess they call us now, was saying about how Kelly Clarkson was going back to her pop punk roots and they're waiting really, you know, these hardcore died in the world fans are waiting for Kelly to signal that she's still one of them. I'll say that when she started, she had that edge to her. Um, You hear it in, in songs like Since You've Been Gone, you hear it in My Life Would Suck Without You. She also has a later one called Why You Want to Bring Me Down, which was a cover of a band called Aranda, which was a hard rock kind of indie rock group. And she covered it with that punk rock flavor as well. So she's definitely sprinkled it in to her music throughout the years. But because of where music has gone and her being the pop artist she is, it's been few and far between. And I was going to say, and now she's I'm diving directly into the country thing. Plus, she's uh, much like uh, like Taylor Swift kind of nail- navigates her way, weaving in and out of the pop and the country genres. You know, Kelly's leaning heavily back into her country roots. And, and now she's, a, you know, a talk show queen. And she's she's made a, quite a name for herself. And, and she's a Wayfair spokesperson. Well, there you go. <laughs> Well, coming out of Kelly Clarkson, I who I I got nothing. Actually, you know what? I do have something. Because you went so heavy into the pop side of the pop punk, I gotta bring us back towards punk a little bit more. And what I'm gonna do is go with a cover song again, but it's a cover. Of the massive 1997 hit from Natalie Imbruglia, Torn. And it's by a band called Off By One. And it's from their self-titled 2002 album, Off By One. So the song Torn, the original, is that pop sound. Obviously, Natalie Imbruglia's 1997 version. Most people don't realize that Natalie Imbruglia's song Torn is a cover of Edna Swap, which featured the two original songwriters in 1995. But that wasn't even the original recording because Torn was actually recorded first in 1993 by Danish singer Liz Sorensen under the title Burned. So this is actually a cover of a cover of the original songwriter's cover, if that makes sense. I actually love the song Torn, but Off By One's version is full throttle, pop punk, and so much fun. And from a personal standpoint, one of my old cover bands, Use Guys, used to do Kelly Clarkson Since You've Been Gone. And coming out of it, we would go into Off By One's version of Torn. So on paper, this is the only way I could see this working here because all my other picks do not lean into the pop as much anymore. So I am going to go with off by one and torn. That's fantastic. You know, I am glad you brought this up because I am not familiar with off by one, but I have heard this cover and I was wondering, you know, who did it? And now you, you've brought it to right to the fold. And I, that's excellent. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's go. This is one of those songs where back in the Napster days, it would be like, 
torn cover if you like bands like blah 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly kids napster was eight no uh so all right so where do we go from off by one let's see we're bringing us back to center if you will huh let's you know what i think we're gonna do it i'm going back to 2001 and i'm gonna go to a little album called now you see inside a group called SR71, who I would be absolutely remiss if I did not put on this mixtape. And the song is called Politically Correct. Oh, you went with Politically Correct. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I could have gone with Right Now, uh, an, an equally awesome song. But I think Politically Correct spoke at the time when I was leaving. I, I left news radio and was kind of getting into network radio. And uh, it was all, you know, all of the news that was going on at the time. And I think SR-71 was one of the first va- bands for me that vocalized the, hey, everybody shut up. <laughs> just just stop talking right now and enjoy something, would you? We start, That's when I think everything started kind of, he, where he throws the line, they couldn't make a Mel Brooks movie today. Uh-huh. And it's a sad reality, really. I love SR-71. I've had Now You See Inside for over 20 years now. I love the CD book for this album. Just for a little bit of CD nerd geeking out here for a moment, the CD book is actually cut in half. And you see half the CD and half the image on the CD book. So the now you see inside, you're actually looking into the jewel case, seeing the CD behind the booklet, if that makes sense. Clever marketing. Very clever marketing, especially for that time. You scooped me on the band I had right now on the list just because I remember it in that movie Loser, which was not that good back in the early 2000s with Jason Biggs after American Pie exploded. But I loved the song and it was definitely one of those American Pie type pop punk songs that were popping up in every comedy around that time. And now you've kind of reset things here where I could go anywhere with my last song pick of the night, because we only have two songs left and I'm scrolling up and down my list and I am just heartbroken over some of the songs that we are not talking about. But the beauty of mixtapes is there's always a volume two. So just because we're not getting it to it in these 20 songs, there's no reason why we can't follow up because this is a genre that's just full of possibilities And because we're nearing the end of the tape, I kind of want to go with a song that's going to get everybody fist pumping and singing along and just having a big old party. And I feel like one of the areas we didn't dip tonight was Irish punk. And as much as I am New York and I am a New York Yankees and New York Giants fan, I have to tip my hat to our Boston brothers in the Dropkick Murphys because from 2005's The Warriors Code, it doesn't get any better than I'm shipping up to Boston. You think about the movie The Descendants, fine. It's great in that, but this song is such a punk rock anthem. It made The Dropkick Murphys a household name. I'm so thankful for what the Dropkick Murphys did during COVID, during lockdowns. They were finding unique and creative ways to do live streams and bring music to people when everybody was kind of hunkered down at home. They did this amazing show on Fenway. They were all separated across Fenway Park on the field. Like each guy was at a different base And they took up the whole baseball field and they did a concert. It was so much fun. I love the Dropkick Murphys. And I was kind of bouncing back and forth between if I wanted to include Dropkick Murphys or Flogging Molly here. But looking at where this mix is going, I kind of want to end at like this just incredible level. So for my last song for the night, I'm going to go with Dropkick Murphys. I'm shipping up to Boston. I love it. And again, tying it back into, you know, my my current job and and being in sports, everybody recognizes this song when when it's played. It absolutely gets uh, the entire crowd up and off uh, on their feet and off their feet, too, while they're jumping in the air and fist pumping up and down. They describe perfectly uh, what you wanted to do on this album. So that leaves me, I guess, to wrap this thing up, uh, at least for now. And I, I think you did this on purpose and I'm eternally grateful because the way I'm going to close this album is with with a, a friend of mine. I, I'm I'm pr- proud to say that uh, that I have 
uh, the capability of calling him a friend. We're going to go into uh, the vast repertoire of Bowling for Soup. Jarrett Reddick's voice, you just, he has several songs that kind of make light of rock music. And he even has a line in one of his songs that says, I think that rock music is funny when it's serious. And it just proves that Jarrett doesn't take himself too seriously and that music is supposed to be fun and that pop punk is, is, is a fun genre. So let's go to 2003's re-release of 2002's Drunk Enough to Dance. This was a bonus track, and it's Punk Rock 101. Nice. Amanda Walsh had chimed in with that one as well. And I am glad to see that this song gets represented here. It sums up the mixtape perfectly. We started off with Welcome to the Rock Show, and we're closing out with your, this is what we've learned today. This is your, your lesson. And he, you know, Jared throws uh, some, he's a great lyricist. He, he has some great pop culture references in there. He had a couple of references to Bon Jovi's uh, Living on a Prayer in that one. And it's such a fun song. It's got a high energy and it, it, it rocks. Well, you definitely scooped me on the band. I had a feeling you were going to close with that. So I kind of held Bowling for Soup because I knew if I did it earlier in the show, you would have probably started crying and I didn't want to make this a downer <laughs> episode. <laughs> I had almost from 2004's A Hangover You Don't Deserve, as well as High School Never Ends from 2006's The Great Burrito Extortion Case. I love Bowling for Soup. They're one of my favorite pop punk bands. I knew you were going to represent them, so I'm glad that it is represented tonight. Now, we've got 20 songs here. Jay, I want to give you a chance because I'm scrolling through my list here and I'm feeling guilt. There's a lot of songs here that I yeah. didn't get a chance to talk about. So I'm going to Same. give you, this isn't going to make the final mix, but I'm going to give you a chance for one honorable mention song. What is one song from your list that you wish we found a way to talk about tonight, but just didn't fit where we were going? Tokyo Hotel's Scream from 2007's album, the same name. Tokyo Hotel is probably not your well-known, they're German, it's German band with a name Tokyo Hotel. It's uh, real strange stuff. And of all things, the reason that uh, I'm giving this the honorable mention is because, one, it's fantastic music. They did some great music videos when they came over uh, and, and translated some of their stuff to English. And my oldest daughter, this was she was obsessed with Bill Collitz for years uh, while she was growing up. And this song, uh, The Scream specifically, was often heard by, uh, bellowing from her bedroom in the wee hours of the night. So uh, definitely going to give Bill Collett some, some mention here and some props. All right. And for mine, I am going to go back to 2003's Anthem, and I'm going to go with Less Than Jake, The Ghosts of Me and You. You did pick Goldfinger, but you picked a Goldfinger song that included no horns. So I really felt like the ska part of Goldfinger was not evident in the 99 Red Balloons, so I leaned into the Eurotrip soundtrack tie-in to go into Lustra, and I couldn't find a place to fit Less Than Jake's The Ghosts of Me and You. I absolutely love that song. I love Less Than Jake. I love the whole ska punk scene, and we could easily do a ska punk episode as well. So I'm sure down the line at my weekly mixtape we'll be talking about this, but unfortunately... Did not make the final cut, but side B is kind of all over the place. So let's break that down one more time. We had My Chemical Romance, Welcome to the Black Parade, Sarah Hudson, Girl on the Verge, The Gaslight Anthems, 59 Sound, H2O's Like a Prayer, Hot Water Music's Trusty Chords, Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone, Off by One's Torn, SR71's Politically Correct, Dropkick Murphys, I'm shipping up to Boston, and Bowling for Soups, Punk Rock 101. Remember, you could head over to myweeklymixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Jay Sweet, it's been an absolute blast talking tunes with you once again, my friend. Thank you for bringing back some of the Tune Styles flavor to My Weekly Mixtape, and I hope we could do this again sometime, dude. Absolutely, Brian. Thanks for having me. We got to do this again. We certainly will. And remember, mixtapers, you can find my weekly mixtape on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 
My Weekly Mixtape. You can also head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear the music discussed on tonight's episode, as well as to check out the full catalog of My Weekly Mixtape episodes. If you want to support the show, please consider becoming a Patreon Mixtaper at Patreon.com forward slash MyWeeklyMixtape. That's all for this week. Thanks again, as always, for listening. And until next time, enjoy the tunes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.